Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's another uh, day for a podcast. It's just such a such a hassle uh, having all these cables and stuff. I'm just walking around the uh, the campus um, at Galway in Galway in Ireland. Um, it's the nearest I ever get to going to university. Is is uh, <coughs> is walking around the campuses. And uh, yeah, I'm, just, I'm trying to get these levels right on this uh, on the recording. I've got so many cables and things trying to fiddle with auto this and not auto that. Uh, it reminds me of a, a friend of mine who always said he was going to start alpine climbing and winter climbing when he was older. When he was an old man, he thought it was all going to be really easy. And uh, eventually, we uh, ended up going to the Alps together in the winter time. And I think we'd, we were going to go and do... We, we were going to do a Rolling Stone... You know, we are going to try to climb the Rolling Stones on, um, on the, the Grand Jurassic. And we set off, went up to the hut on the way. What's it called? Is it on the shore hut? I can't remember anymore. Anyway, there's that hut. Pretty miserable hut, really. Lots of lots of inter- interesting stories about that hut, where people have got sort of stuck in there in the winter because the doors used to open outwards. So if there was lots lots of snow, you, c- you couldn't get out. And um, that actually happened to me uh, once. I've been, I seem to spend a lot of time in that hut without ever actually really climbing anything. Uh, I once got stuck in that hut for about a week. I think it's, it's snowed like. It's just snowed constantly for a week, and we had to make our own snowshoes to try and get back to the to the valley. And it took us like two days to get back to the valley, and it was probably the nearest I ever got to being killed in an avalanche. And it was a, anyway. That's a story for a story for a bivouac. Anyway, um, but back to the uh, the my friend Paul. Um, Anyway, eventually we got to this hut and there was like a soloist who was going to go off and try and solo the, the Colton McIntyre. And he was like a Spanish guy. He just like, just sat there like all night long, like looking at a candle, like he was going to die in the morning. So it really, it really sort of lowered the tone of the, of the evening. And then uh, I think in the morning he probably just like buggered off, went back and, you know, got a girlfriend or something. And... And uh, anyway, I set off with set off with Paul. I think we might have had some skis or something, or some snowshoes. Anyway, we started, you know, got up at like two in the morning, and then started like heading over towards the uh, the Grand Jurass. It was in the it was like in the winter time, and uh, I think <laughs> I didn't get pretty far because <laughs> he just really hated all the slings and all the ropes and all the junk you have to have when you're. Uh, when you were like winter climbing, like all the, you, you know, like you, you, you're tying in, you know, you're like tying in short and stuff, and the rot, you know, and the slings are all tangled up, and he just hated it, and he was just like, fuck this, I'm not doing this. And um, so, yeah, so it's the little, it's the little things, isn't it? It's not the, it's not like how difficult the, the climbing is, it's just all the fannying on around it. 
I think getting up really early in the morning is not good as well. Like if you if you spent like years of your life in a Rapalese where you just roll out of the tent at nine o'clock and have a cup of tea and then just start climbing the crags right there. Why on earth would you want to go alpine climbing? I have no idea. God, the, the idea of getting up early. Oh God, that's the worst thing about it. Oh God. Um, I've been a bit of a, a bit of a downer for some reason. I think I've been ill. I've been ill for about three weeks of this stupid cold. I don't know if I've been getting like extra savings of, uh, of illness. Um, so I've just been in, I'm about to go back to the Middle East, to my unidentified country um, where I live in the Middle East, uh, which sounds, sounds interesting at the moment. Sounds like you might have a little war going on soon. Um, anyway, it's never, it's never boring. I've, I've got a friend in, in uh, Kenya, in Nairobi, uh, called Fish. Uh, I don't know what his real name is, but it's, anyway, I think even, even his uh, email address says fish, so fish. And we said to him, like, why would you not want to live in, in Europe? You know, Europe, it's like it's a nice place to live. And he was like, no, it's too boring. And uh, I think the Middle East is a bit like that. It's like, it's, it's kind of, it's really, it's probably the safest place you'll ever go. Like the safest place I've ever been in my life, the Middle East. But at the same time, it's a bit like um, it's a bit like El Capitan. In the if you compare like El Capitan to the Troll Wall, like the Troll Wall, like there's like rock falling down the entire time, like rock the size of a house, rock the size of a brick, just like constantly falling down. It's like fucking death on a stick. Where El Cap, like very rarely anything falls down, but if it does, it's like it's like the size of a school or something. So the chance of being killed there are pretty minimal, but when they do happen, they'll probably wipe out, you know, <laughs> wipe out the whole of the Yosemite Valley or something. So the Middle East is like that. It's actually very, very safe, much safer than England, uh, Ireland, anywhere, you know, anywhere in Europe. Really, really safe. You can just leave your, you can leave your computer on the table in the cafe outside, your wallet, all your stuff, just go wandering around. You come back. Um, you would get you are <laughs> thievery is punishable by death, and having parts of your body chopped off, and uh, so that's you know that's probably one reason why. So, what was my point? Oh yeah, so I've been I think I've, I've been ill for about three weeks, and uh, and I think when you feel ill, like everything everything's you have no what was it health? Your your health is your wealth, isn't it? So. Uh, but then yes, yesterday was quite nice. Someone said how Vanessa, my wife, she seemed like she seemed to be one of these uh, one of the few sort of women uh, at the moment who are actively going out and doing sort of alpiney, sort of wintry, sort of big wally stuff. There's lots of really good women doing uh, um, you know really hard rock climbing and you know sort of like high altitude mountaineering and things but she seemed to be like one of the few um doing you know i think in the last year we we went on denali in the winter time and she got i think she got the highest of a woman woman i don't really like all that kind of stuff all that woman woman men trans stuff i don't really don't really think like that but anyway but she just happened to be a woman and got very high on denali in the winter time and you know, and I think in the same year she climbed A4 on El Cap and tried all sorts of weird stuff. Anyway, um, but anyway, it was quite, kind of funny because uh, <laughs> I don't think she like she decided she doesn't like all that kind of stuff. She doesn't like getting up early in the morning, and uh, she doesn't like aid climbing anymore. She said like it's just kind of cheating, which it is. She wants to, she'd only go on El Cap. I'm going through a tunnel now, so I was like, I've got some. An interesting sound effect going on. Um, so she, uh, yeah, she's not really into it anymore. Um, she's thinking of having a baby. I guess I'll have to be involved in some capacity. And maybe that's that's the that's always the death. That's only always thing about women when they get into alpine climbing and everything else. It's like you know, most women tend to want to have kids, 
and no matter how you could try and uh, frame it in some different way like it's other people's fault but um, I've met like two friends of mine recently who've just had children, two women who were pretty uh, hardcore um, hardcore individuals and both of them have just said they're uh, they're a psych for doing anything dangerous has completely been destroyed by having this child so um, maybe Vanessa's the same who knows I don't know. I'm sure there'll be many podcasts of, uh, of stuff to talk about if, <laughs> if she, we have a baby so um, someone said cause I'm, I'm 40, 48 so how do you have another baby like bloody hell like my kids, my kids have only just grown up so my, my daughter's 21, my son's 18, I think, keeps changing. And uh, so it's like coming out of prison after 21 years, and then someone's saying, sorry, we've made a mistake, you have to go back in again. So, um, although, saying that, um, my kids are probably the, the, my kids and that book, Higher Education, I wrote, are the, the three of the things I'm most proud of in my life, so. Um, although saying that I shouldn't really be proud of them they're probably sold down to them it's nothing to do with me although the book is I did have to write it also um, but anyway but someone said what do you think about having more kids and I've kind of taken this I've, I've taken the position that having children is a bit like death as in you don't really you don't really get to choose it's just something you have to go with really maybe that comes from living in Ireland but um, so yeah, so what, what's this podcast about? God, I've been talking too long already. Um, so this podcast, it's that, it's that time of year, isn't it, where everyone starts just going on about all sorts of shite about like, oh, do this for the new year, New Year's resolutions. And then you get all the people who are like, oh, I don't, I don't believe in New Year's, new year's resolutions. I, I, you know, I just do them straight away, all that kind of stuff. And I've noticed this, the, more, the two things I've seen a lot on the television, uh, like over New Year's, is one is like, uh, <laughs> live your best life. Live your best life. Just think about that. Live your best life. Live your best life. I, might, I might start, I might get that tattooed somewhere. And, uh, and do what you do. Like, I wonder who, who, who thinks of all this, all this stuff. It's like a bit... Like, do what you do. Like, what does it even mean? It sounds like sort of something about wanking or something. Or do yourself. Do yourself. Cop on. I don't know. Um, anyway, so I thought because uh, <clears throat> I'm going for like a little walk along the river, I had uh, maybe give some alternative, alternative uh, New Year messages, more than one, um, to to everybody out there. Um, I did scribble down about ten things on a piece of paper, uh, but I've lost it, so it'll have to be a bit freeform. Um, they're not. They're, I'm not sure they're actually about climbing related, but don't worry. Um, my daughter has advised me to do uh, um, some mini swords, which are just small episodes. She's like, a, you know, she's not a millennial. She was born in '98. I think she's not a millennial, but she kind of is going that way. Um, she actually like she actually doesn't like millennials. She's like, oh god, dad, millennials. Anyway, she was born before t- September the 11th, so um, technically I, I don't really see her as being a millennial. Um, yeah. Anyway, she advised me I need to do some mini swords. Um, so what I'm going to do starting. Uh, Next week, I think every Wednesday or Tuesday, or whenever I get round to it, I'm just going to. I think I might start doing like just talking individually about top tips. And I did like I think I, I think I did about 50 top tips on my Instagram account, Psycho Vertical. Um, and uh, I might actually do because because when you do things on Instagram, you're very limited. You've only got like. 300 words or something, or more, 1,000 words, 1,000 characters. So you're um, very limited, Tom. So every Wednesday, I'm going to do that. I'm totally going for it. I'm, I'm just going to, you know, really go for it. Podcasting is the way forward. Podcasting is so much easier than writing. Christ almighty. No one even writes, no one even reads anymore. That's the problem. So anyway, 
So every Wednesday, I'm going to try and do that. Um, I, quite, I quite like tips. So when I was in Poland the other week, someone was asking me, what's, the, uh, what's my favourite tip? Which was a good question. And I said, um, if you have like your water in an algae bottle, in your, if you, it's always worth having a, an insulated um, cover for your algae bottle. I think an algae bottle is still probably the best, the best uh, receptacle for drink. Quite, there's some of these like metal bottles actually quite good. Um, I can't remember any of the names of them. Hot bottles or whatever they call them. Anyway, they're actually they're actually quite good. But like I use one of those inside insulated cover on Denali and it went down to minus 40, 50, whatever, some kind of very cold temperature and they actually kept the, the stuff um, uh, sort of fro- unfrozen. Anyway, but an algae, an algae bottle and a cover, uh, a cover, the best covers you can buy would be uh, a Gui, um, a Gui Alpine, which is a British company they basically make a copy uh, or a homage to the old outdoor research uh, insulated covers, which were really, really good. And the new outdoor research ones are not very good. I don't find them very good. I find them really hard to get the bottles in them out of. I don't find them very insulating. And I just don't think they're very good. Um, and 40 Below, they make a, a quite a good one, like a neoprene one very simple but anyway th- those two Igui the other one uh, and uh, an insulated cover is quite good because not only does it keep the stuff on the inside from freezing as quickly it will still freeze but it also stops it getting really hot if it's in, in hot weather and uh, it's a, just a good good thing gadget to have you can clip it onto your you can like velcro it onto the base of your your shoulder straps or onto your harness or whatever so you can have your your water right there uh, which is good if you want to stay hydrated like it's no good the number of t- trips you go with people and they just have this like block of ice stuck inside their rucksack somewhere carrying like a kilo of ice it's kind of kind of pointless um so then yeah so nalgene bottle my tip was if you put your nalgene bottle in upside down into the into the cover um, ice always forms on the top of water first so it means if it is super cold the ice is on the bottom of your bottle not on the top uh, where the lid is um, I think the translator probably didn't really understand what I was talking about because no one seemed to get what I was saying so anyway so that's a, that's a little tip that's, what, that's the kind of hot tips you're going to get if you listen on a, on a Wednesday uh, at some time so but today, um, I was, I'm going to do some podcasts about uh, the art of not suffering. Uh, but I need to, I need to reread. Because I, I, I like to do it all just off the top of my head, rather than um, actually giving you any facts. Uh, there are some facts that's probably worth me double checking, like you know, like internal, your internal temperature and your external temperature, and and a few things like that. Um, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to talk about the skin and then I'm going to do, a, you know, about your body works in the cold, how there's no such thing as um, cold and, uh, you know, unless, it, unless it's absolute zero. Um, it's just an absence of heat. Hmm, maybe, who knows? Yeah, that's why I need to read up on it. And, uh, yeah, do, do a few podcasts um, about, about how not to uh, die um, or how to stay comfortable in uh, in uh, tough tough places. Uh, but anyway, but today I just thought I'd like bang some something out without really having to think about it. So I was going to I was going to talk about the subject of happiness um, because maybe that's one, that's probably one reason why we all go climbing is to be uh, is to be happy and. I've done a podcast about not dying. Uh, I'll do some. I'll probably talk, cover that subject again. But um, after not dying, 
um, being happy is a is a good one to to think about. Um, so yeah, so happiness is a good the good beginning of the year kind of thing because you can uh, listen to me waffle on and you might sort of take something on board and you might do it for like three days and then just like forget about it so then I'll just tell you again next year so so I've covered the low hanging fruit of happiness uh, to begin with so uh, so I think I get a lot I, I seem to get quite a lot of people contacting me uh, like I wrote, I wrote an article called um, something to do with acid in your veins um, anyway I wrote something I wrote a few things about like mental health I, I, like, I don't actually I don't actually like I don't like the term mental health anymore like I don't like the, I don't like the term dyslexia either I don't like I, I've call it, <laughs> call it brain sickness it kind of seems more, more like human, a more human scale kind of thing, um, less sort of bureaucratic. So you go to hospital and say I'm suffering from brain sickness. Um, I don't know. I think it's, very, it's maybe it's a bit Victorian. I quite like that Victorian kind of thing. Um, but anyway, so I get quite a lot of people sending, emailing me about stuff like that. For some reason, I've not, I'm nowhere qualified to. Uh, to respond, but I generally like say something or other. Um, like someone sent me a like a message. If he's listening to this, I do apologise for the story. But he sent me a message about someone uh, committing suicide who he knew, and uh, I seem to have had kind of a sort of a strange close relationship with their suicide on my life. I don't know why. I think it's I think maybe it's something that stalks you suicide um anyway the pet you know the the i've seen i know i seem to have known a strange strangely large number of people who've killed themselves um so it's kind of i find it interesting topic uh somebody pulled me up on it someone who was a qualified brain doctor that i'd used the word I'd, i'd said that suicide was a was a privilege was a sign of privilege or something. Um, told me that lots of people committed suicide uh, on the Eastern Front in the Second World War. Which I'm not sure, not sure that was proving either of us was right. But um, anyway, so people start writing me about things like that sometimes. Anyway, and this person wrote to me about his uh, someone committing suicide. Uh, I wrote something back, but then I realised. Actually, his son had committed suicide, and uh, well, I think what I said had some, you know, I think it was still the same. If it was his son or someone you knew, um, that sounds a bit depressing. This podcast already. If you ask me about suicide, it's pretty depressing, or not? Who knows? Um, but um, I lost my train of thought now. I should write more things down. Um, yeah. Anyway, so the. So the so the main thing uh, for happiness, I think, is maybe to really think about it, uh, think about it a little bit deep, more deeply than that. Like, what is what is happiness? So I'd say, being a being a believer in stoicism and all that, all that good stuff, I uh, I'd say that happiness is an absence of misery. And uh, and really, happiness isn't really anything at all. I could probably just completely just get rid of the whole ha- idea of happiness. It's something you have on a card that you buy for someone because <laughs> you have to and give to them, and, and many happy returns and all that kind of stuff. So really, maybe a, maybe what you want is uh, between the spectrum. You want to lie between the spectrum of like joy joy and misery maybe um that's i don't i don't think halfway to misery is could be called happiness but it's definitely um don't know not being miserable is uh is the is the aim so maybe think maybe i think language is really important how we how we talk about 
how we talk about these things, how we think about these things. I think often we, uh, we're kind of trapped. We're kind of trapped in the, in the words we use a little bit. So uh, I used to have this uh, girlfriend who was uh, training to be a, you know, training to be an Olympian. And she used to have these really hard uh, turbo sessions on a bike like really hard like you'd be kind of being sick afterwards and you know absolutely dreaded doing these sessions and uh and then she called her, her she called them the killer sessions and and they really were you know kind of really really grim anyway so one day i said why did you call them like gold sessions instead and she did and it made a huge difference made it a lot easier so so yeah, so some we're, we're, human beings actually were pretty simple, simple things. Just move the words around, and uh, that's what advertising is all about. Uh, so, so yeah, so maybe, so maybe focus on, on, you know, like the stoical view is that you're laying in a, uh, you're laying in a puddle of, in a puddle. You have no house, you have no food, you have no money, you have no family. You're laying in this puddle with this piss-stained blanket, you know, in the elements. But at least you've got a blanket, you know. So when you're stressing, you've only got an iPhone 10, or you're, you know, you know that's that's not that that's not a cause, you know, f- for. Uh, to be down. Um, so yeah, so the Stoics. So imagine, imagining less is maybe the is a is a good is a good thing to do. Um, you always have options uh, downwards. <laughs> you know, things can always be worse, and there's always someone worse worse than you. I once went to a spinal unit, and there was uh, someone we knew who had had a broken their spine and um, they were they were like quadriplegic so that means you know basically pretty grim um, but in the bed next to it was a girl who'd been on a on a go-kart and a scarf had gone into the into the wheels and it had broken her neck and she was like um, uh, what, not quadriplegic what's it called anyway she was like totally you know, couldn't do anything at all. Could just like move her, move her eyes. Um, so there's always someone worse than you. God, this is getting really depressing. So I should have had some. Uh, I didn't even. It's like New Year's Day. I should have. Uh, I'm not even been like drinking or anything. I'm, anyway, so uh, it's Ireland. I think Ireland brings you down. It's a bit. Everyone's obsessed with. with uh, <laughs> but in Galway, it's so depressing. It's always raining. It's also really nice. But like in Galway, when people say the weather's good. They generally mean like right now, like it's going to be raining in ten minutes' time. So anyway, so that's, that was number one: is uh, is try and try and readjust what your ideas of happiness are. And if you have joys the whole time, uh, that's not good either. Um, you know, just try and ration out the joy, ration it so that you don't have too much of it because a luxury becomes a necessity. So. Um, and avoid the misery. Just I think uh, a big thing I've thought about recently is is how what a big effect um, uh, junk has on us. Both like junk we put in our minds, and sort of junk we put in our bodies. Um, I've got this idea that that uh, poor people. Don't eat shit food, but shit food makes people poor. Uh, that's probably probably hanging around in Hull for a while, which is probably one of the poorest places you're gonna you're gonna see in Europe. Let me think think about that. But um, uh, yeah, like I went I went through this. I probably watched too much Joe Rogan or something. But I. I uh, I, I remember when I was a kid, when I was probably about 10, my dad would always tell me that sugar was white poison. And uh, 
I just I just ignored him because uh, my dad was uh, one of his like physical training instructors in the Air Force, like basically a, a sadist, and his job was to make like men, young men, like swim in the sea at like five in the morning in the middle of winter and you know beast people all the time. So I just thought he was being a sadist and being a having a downer on sugar. But um, I started doing some sort of this intermediate fasting because I'm very uh, I'm very wary of cults for some reason, uh, cults and everything. Um, but I, it's, it's, I don't know. It seemed to fit in with a lot of few like you know stoical things. Like anyway, it seemed like an interesting idea. So I started doing a bit of intermediate fasting. In fact, I would do intermediate fasting uh, all week long. So I would I would only start eating at like two o'clock something, but not not eat a lot. I just have like a cup of coffee, um, some milk in it at about two o'clock, and then I'd have my tea, and then that would be it. And I mainly did it to help with my uh, focus because I'm not I'm not very good at focusing. Like as you probably can tell by these podcasts, I'm a little bit. My brain is a, is, is a not very focused, so like I'm trying to finish this book, which is, you know, like, just, uh, why, why do you, why do I take these things on? Like, I don't know why. If you can't, it's like, why did I start write, becoming a writer when I can't write, and all these, <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. You know, but taking on this bloody, finishing this book project where I'm probably 70% through having done all the illustrations, I've done all the writing and now I have to do the design. You know, you just have to really, really, like, focus, focus on it. Like, I don't make any, I don't really make any, uh, having income apart from writing at the moment. So it's a bit like soloing a big wall in that if you're sailing around the world in a yacht and you're not doing anything, you're still sailing around the world in the yacht. You could sit there with your gin and tonic but the wind's still in your sails. But when you're uh, soloing a big wall, if you're not actually doing anything, you're not going anywhere. If you're not hauling or leading or um, cleaning, you're not going anywhere. So writing, writing's the same. Uh, when you, when the whole project is yours, you know, if you're not you're not pumping out words, doing pictures, you know, um, you're not going anywhere. So anyway, so I started in intermediate fasting, and uh, it was—I found it really, really good, and it probably fits in with a lot of ideas I think about. A lot of kids, of kind of schools I've been to with the with the bad kids, <laughs> the bad kids in them, is they basically just eat shit all the time, crisps, cakes, uh, bottles of coke. Um, it's just like just brain poison. But I don't, I don't like to be, I don't want to be one of these people who are like cultish about these kind of things. Like I think the sort of 80, 80 20 rule stands for just, just about everything um, in life. So I think you can, you can 20% of the time you can eat shit and it doesn't, it doesn't matter. But if you're only eating like good stuff, you know, only good stuff like 20% of the time, then it, then it doesn't matter. So. So anyway, so I, so I uh, really tried to get rid of as much sugar and uh, and sort of carbs out of my out of my diet, and it worked. Uh, it worked really well, and um, there's a lot of people like it's kind of it's like telling people to suck eggs. It's like don't eat shit and you won't feel shit. But I know myself like. It's very easy to say it, very hard, much hard to do it, because we're like totally addicted to sugar. Like, yeah, some people aren't, but most of us are. We're like absolute fucking drug addicts. And uh, a really good thing I think is if you, if you ever go to a restaurant, there's a lot of people, if you look for the really fat person and look at their eyes, how they look at the food, like it's really, it really makes you uh, really realize what's going on. Like the sugar has all the power over you. You know, it really does. Like, go and read the 48 Laws of Power. You know, great book, most popular book in prisons. And uh, he needs to add in the, the, the law of sugar. 
because uh, yeah, sugar is uh, amazingly powerful, powerful stuff. And uh, have you ever seen? That? I don't know if you've ever seen that film, They Live, the John Carpenter film, where this guy finds this pair of glasses, this homeless guy, and he puts them on, and suddenly you can see like uh, loads of people that are aliens around him, and everyone on the television are aliens, and all they're all kind of brainwashing everybody. But when you uh, when you try and really cut the sugar out of your diet for about a couple of weeks like it's not it's not actually very it's not actually that difficult um that you suddenly realize that everything is just like full of sugar or just not good for you like you go into starbucks and you just look and it's just like everywhere is sugar and everyone's having these drinks with like loads of cream and shite in them and uh yeah it's like it's uh it's like being a science fiction film but like all good addictions you know just one one slip and you're right back there so being back in um england and traveling and back in ireland uh yeah it's like it's uh but straight back into it back into the sugar feeling fat feeling unhealthy feeling demotivated so i'm actually kind of looking forward to like I think maybe like people who people like me busy probably people in general we kind of need a very strict um regime to try and live live under that's why we like that's like Islam's popular and you know we like sort of religions which tell us what to do what to eat because it gives us a you know it's kind of kind of important really so um so I've been basically trying to live on this uh, idea of eating, of not eating anything that's white or could be white, which is a uh, hashtag Tim Ferriss. Uh, that's in his book. And uh, another thing is interesting is this idea of avoiding anything with uh, with ingredients printed on it, which I kind of do pretty well. Like only like my sister's like super, super intelligent woman, professional, and she said at one time like, "Oh well, everything you cook, it's all fresh," and I was, and I was kind of like, "What? Like, what? How else? How else would you do it?" And then I realised that because she's so busy that she eats more um, processed food and gives her kids more processed food, just because it's it's just kind of easy, and um, so that's kind of. Maybe, yeah, maybe it's good to focus on what you're doing right rather than just, like, you know, beast yourself all the things you're doing wrong. But, um, yeah. So, basically, what we live on is uh, I just make one lot of curry. Just got to love that curry. Um, At the beginning of the week, and we just make enough for uh, five days. Um, Usually have, like, some... fish two days a week as well as like a separate thing and then I, I cook that and I cook the the rice yes it's, it's brown rice and it could be white so technically technically that's you know but the 80 20 rules in force so I can allow to eat some rice and uh, freeze it all up in the freezer and then uh, and then there's no there's no like escape your food's there it's all done um, which seems to work seems to work quite well so yeah, so that's uh, so the food thing. Yeah, I reckon. I reckon if you could control, if people could control what they ate, they'd, um, you know, within two weeks, they start feeling much better uh, about a lot of things. And it's easy to say that when you've when you've done it, but it's much harder to to stick to it. I think we're all sinners, aren't we? Really. Um, the other, th- the other thing, point three of my New Year's s- stuff, is about six months ago, I lost my, uh, left my uh, my phone down the side of a couch somewhere in New Zealand, and uh, they said, oh, eventually they got back to us and said, oh, we've left your couch, left your phone um, down our couch. And, uh, and it was, I bought it in Kenya. It was actually a very super cheap phone. I was just like, no, just don't bother. You can, just keep it. 
And I've been trying to not have a phone since about 2014, uh, when I kind of realised how, how uh, well, A, it's really bad for my attention span, and it was also really bad for being present. And we all, we all know this. So this is like, again, this is like sucking eggs time for everybody, but I'll say it because maybe someone knows it like I did and this might make them think just an extra little bit, push them over the cliff. But I tried to, uh, so I realised it really affected my relationships with my kids, it affected relationships with uh, my wife, Vanessa, and, um, you know, it just, uh, just turned, mobile phones just turned you into a complete asshole, basically. And because everybody else is an asshole, it's hard to, uh, to really uh, to see it, even though secretly we do. It's like, like if everyone was wanking all the time, and you'd be like, well, they're all wanking. Why can't I? So, um, so yeah, so, so I'd, I tried. I got, like, a dumb phone. Um, tried various things. Um, the problem is, if, you, if you're like me, like, you have to be a social media whore like your whole life. It's like being in the mafia, social media mafia. You, unless you're really nice to say, for 2020, I'm not going to go on social media. But basically, my whole income would probably just die. So I, you have to do it. They they pull you back. So I um so I have to kind of do social media. So in the past, I'd always say like, oh, I need to get a phone because I have to I have to go on Instagram or I have to go on Twitter and all that kind of stuff. So I'd, I'd end up get, getting another phone. But I managed to stay off it for for about six six or so months. Uh, a few things I noticed was you realise everyone was wanking all the time and you weren't. Like, you go out, for a, go out for a meal and, you know, when someone was talking, other people would all just start looking at the phones and it was like, like, God, you're ignorant fuckers. Like, this person's talking. Like, listen to what they're saying. And just general being a total cunt, basically. Mobile phone cunt. And but everybody else is doing it. Why can't I? So it's probably one of these uh, these moments with the glasses. You put your glasses on, you realise everyone's fucking drunk on sugar, doped up on sugar, and uh, doped up on data. The two, the two together, it's a bad, it's a bad mix, really. So, but it's not really, it's not that easy. Like, you know, flying, you need to have your your boarding pass on your phone and you want to with banking everything's on your phone like if you if you want to buy something they send you a text message and you haven't got a phone and it really is it's not a consp- there's not a conspiracy in there to make people um you know have phones but that's the that's kind of the way, the way it is so it's kind of a it's very tough and but by, but by not having a phone, it's interesting that this idea that, you know, so I'm not being like some sort of worthy person here, because as soon as, like, Vanessa bought a Nokia, the 120, like this super basic phone, uh, without, well, it wasn't a smartphone, but when she, in her, like, current job, she had to have a smartphone, because there was, like, a WhatsApp group or something. Again, like, why do you need to have a WhatsApp group where you're getting contacted, like, five in the morning with some some information um anyway ban whatsapp groups that's what i say just print it out i'll come and tell someone ring someone up if, you can, if it's not worth ringing someone up then don't bother so anyway so she had to get a smartphone so uh as soon as i get that smartphone in my hand i am like off like a total addict you know <laughs> you know retweeting checking my emails 20 minutes 20 times a minute um it's uh, it's amazing how you just go straight back to it. And even if even if we uh, are walking along and we're talking about me not having a phone, it makes me want to look at my phone that I don't have. It's a bit like that feeling when you feel like your phone buzzing in your pocket that you've got a message when you haven't got a message and you haven't got a phone and you haven't got a pocket. So um, so yes, I I hope I hope I can 
hope I can uh, stay off it, really, because it's just for your, your happiness levels, your attention span, just uh, all that kind of stuff. If you want to be, if you want to be, if you want to be less miserable, uh, get rid of your phone and just make, you know make alternative arrangements. So, uh, so all my social media stuff that I have to do, I basically do it all on my computer. So I have like Flume, which allows me to do Instagram on my computer, and of course you can do like Twitter and Facebook and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so this is this is the next this is the next this is number four is that I use this thing at the if iftt.com I think it's called so I try to only ever use Instagram because I find it more a more positive kind of experience generally uh, Instagram brings you down in some some aspects because you feel like you've got a shit life you know I have a quite a, I have a quite a good life but it makes me feel like I've got a shit life so if you've got a shit life God you're going to be you know really is going to make you realise how shit your life is. Uh, although, although having known a lot of these people who are on Instagram, who you assume have a great life, they have a really shit life. I'll take it from me, they have like fucked up relationships, fucked up, they're just miserable people. Miserable, bitter, twisted, you know, they're just not, they're not in a good place. So just, when it, just think about that. Whenever you see someone who's like high-fiving on some beach in Malibu, they're basically a twat, basically. They're a twat for even putting the picture up, up there in the first place. Like, I really don't like, you know, I have loads of uh, pictures I could have put on Twitter and on Instagram, you know, hanging out with, like, 50 prostitutes in Trump Tower. All these pictures, you know, me and my Lamborghini um, in Dubai driving along, you know, high-fiving the prince. Um, but I don't put those pictures up because why, why... You know what? What happened to people? People used to be more, more. Um, what's the word? I still got this problem with my word remembering thing. Um, anyway, people just had, people just, just didn't do that kind of stuff before. Anyway, so so I have to use. So I use. I basically use Instagram, and when I post on Instagram, it appears on Twitter and it appears on Facebook and other places. Um, without me actually having to go to Facebook and Twitter uh, if I can avoid it. And I, tr I do try and avoid going anywhere, going anywhere like that, because uh, cause I am a total addict. So the thing about addicts, they're always addicts. They never, they never, you know, they never get over it. So you need to avoid, kind of avoid those kind of places. Because as soon as I go there, as soon as I'm in a car and I get hold of Vanessa's phone, I'm suddenly, you know, sending message you know retweeting stuff i shouldn't retweet and um just for the uh, just for the hit of it just the endorphins of uh of getting a response from somebody so it's like throwing a stone hopefully it's going to hit someone and they're going to come up and you know have a little fight or something it's all the same it's all some kind of violence um so yeah so using so using tools on your computer find kind of a handy but on but the other the other thing that I use is uh, I try to control that so basically my whole life is about controlling the beast inside me my beastly uh, my beastly self my animal self that just wants to run amok so so on a on a Mac you can get a, a an app called um, uh, self-control which is very appropriately named and it's free you download it and when you uh you set up a, a blacklist of uh of websites you don't want to visit so online i'd have like the guardian bbc uh twitter instagram facebook uh, various things if you're addicted to pornography that's, you want to stick all them in there as well. Um, if you're not addicted to pornography, stick them all in there as well. And uh, so someone said that men either have no pornographic magazines or they have a wardrobe, a wardrobe full. And uh, so yeah. So anyway, so once you set, once you set off, you set a timer. So I would set my timer basically um, 
from getting up in the morning till you know till probably like three o'clock in the afternoon and once you start it you basically cannot go onto any other websites uh, even if you switch your computer off no matter what you do they are completely uh, blocked so which is really really amazing <laughs> really really amazing now Vanessa would be like why don't you just have some self-control and don't go on them I'm like yeah yeah like it's like being a junkie having like a big syringe of you know of uh, of heroin you know just like right next to you while you're trying to work all you can think about is the heroin and uh, and not injecting it which is the same as thinking about injecting it so I'm sure on Windows you can actually uh actually find the same there's probably a, another thing but the main thing is you have to have a system where it blocks it on all browsers and everything else if you're if you're real if you are a junkie and then the biggest thing if you're a junkie is admitting you're a junkie like if you get angry people when they say you're a junkie i'm not a junkie when well, that means you're a junkie so anyway so it's a good a good thing is just to try it try it for a while leave you put your phone somewhere you can't have it Download this software. Stop, stop having sugar. Uh, all these, all these kind of things, um, and uh, and see how you know, see how it goes. Uh, and then the the next thing I do is, uh, I'm not, I'm not doing it at the moment on, the, on my current computer, but you can actually go into the terminal or or into like the system and actually block block websites forever. So there's no way you can look at them on your computer unless you have to go through all the hassle of actually going, you know, looking up how to do it again to unblock it. So I generally, the two websites I used to have on that, number one was the BBC website um, because I just just don't like the BBC website anymore. Um, And The Guardian, the same thing, I just don't like The Guardian anymore. Uh, Which is funny, I was thinking this morning about how in 2006, I was invited to go on an expedition to Greenland, and in the process of the expedition going along, we got like a letter from David Cameron, who was the uh, the Tory lead, Tory party leader, and I was so outraged uh, that we got this letter from him. I almost refused to go on the go on the expedition unless we got a letter from Tony Blair, and. Uh, and at the time, we had this like totally, total moral certainty that this was the this was the correct, the correct thing to to do. And now looking back, I just think it's a bit of a twat, really. And um, so the idea for that that young, that younger self, totally morally certain to think that one day you'd be blocking the the BBC website, BBC News website. Um, I still like a lot of BBC content. I just don't like the, the news anymore. Um, it's uh, interesting. Interesting fact, um, but anyway, so I just find that I just find that the uh, it just it just uh, it, like basically that we live in a world full of traps. Uh, media is full of traps, whether they're traps to make you buy stuff, traps to make you feel ugly or worthless, and someone can you can pay someone to rectify that, or traps to make you angry. Um, they're just full of traps. And the more traps you avoid, the further you'll go in life. You won't just be, like, dragging these fucking traps around every single day, especially in the morning. Like, do ne- never, you know, never uh, look at the websites, news websites in the morning. Um, save it for... Like, when I, when I was a kid, I didn't read, news, I didn't read newspapers, but um, as I got older, the only newspaper I'd ever read was... Uh, was the Guardian um, or the Independent? And the only reason I read the Independent was it said the Independent, and I thought it'd be independent, and I thought it was being a bit alternative. So, but really, you only had um, you only had the news, news at nine o'clock, news at ten o'clock, maybe some news after t- after the kids' TV programmes. You had John Craven's News Round, kids' TV. So, t- so news was very. Uh, it was a very small part of your day. Um, it was very rare that things were ever live. I remember when the SAS stormed the Iranian embassy in 1984, was it? 1982? And uh, 1981? Sometime in the 80s. 
is that it was live on television. That was like, you know, when it was live, it was really big. And then, uh, but I think the, uh, I think the, the 24 hour news is like fucking toxic, absolutely toxic um, on, on people. And that would probably be my, uh, that would probably be my final point would be to really, really uh, turn down your exposure to the news, to news media, to uh, all that kind of stuff, to opinions, to everything else. Because as soon as you start turning it down, um, you know, get your news from podcasts. Like, find people you trust who do podcasts, um, and you know, see what they what they're talking about. If things are really important, they'll uh, they'll come to the fore. Um, again, it's just full of. The news is full of traps, really. It's all biased. Um, it's biased if it's... It's as biased on the BBC as it is on Fox. It's as biased on, on NPR as it is on sort of talk radio. And I would say that from my experience of uh, travelling around the world and living and talking to rednecks and people on guns and, you know, people who are pro-life and people who are, you know, socialists and ex-communists and everybody else. I'd say that the 80-20 rule is probably in force in that 20%, nearly everybody is 20% wrong. And I would say that's uh, an understatement. I would say nearly everybody is 50% wrong about everything including me, including you, and, you know. And some people might be like, that's not true, I'm totally right. Um, that's not true, so. So I think, uh, so the final thing was like, when David Bowie died, I remember like someone said that one of his, one of his aims in life was to find the middle, was to get to the middle, I think. And uh, I think when you start turning down the news and turning down get rid of your phone, get, get as rid of as much social media as you can, you know, try and avoid commenting on what other people are saying, because no one's reading it really. Um, it's all violence, basically, all, everything is violence of some form or other, um, violence and traps, just avoid getting involved, just walk away, is I think if you, if you change the way you, uh, interact with the rest of the world around you you will become a much healthier and less miserable person you'll be less anxious you'll feel better about yourself you'll feel better about everybody else um, you'll be more forgiving and you know, I think I think it's a very uh, Christian thing but yeah be very like, you tend to see everyone more like who they are, like they're just people make mistakes, people believe strange things. And I think basically your, your, your tolerance for intolerance increases, which is uh, pretty, pretty important these days. And uh, you're less controlled, and I think you tend to, you tend to know it as well. So yeah, so there's there's a few thoughts for you. Um, if you like this podcast, then please uh, subscribe on it, what all those things are. Instagram, not Instagram, uh, all that social media stuff, iTunes, um, and that kind of stuff. Uh, if you like this, uh, if you like this podcast, um, drop me an email, uh, Andy at psychobetical.com. Uh, share it. Um, just give us some feedback. I could speak at length about how to um, deprogram yourself and be a happier, less miserable person. Um, but this is supposed to be about climbing, so I shall, uh, I shall save that for a, a later date. Um, but anyway, so check out the next one. Hopefully it'll be about how not to suffer um, in the mountains in nature. 
Um, anyway, hope you enjoy this podcast and uh, goodbye. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.